Good to have you on board. Bill Michael Show, we continue. Uh, I have got a lot of people to ask me about uh, the question regarding the offensive line for the New York Jets and whether or not David Bakhtiari is wanting to go to New York after Robert Sala last night at Hard Knocks got into his offensive line. And again, I don't want to give away too many details or read about it because I haven't seen it yet. So I do want to mention that. But uh, I had said going into the going into the top of the hour, I, you know what? I'm I really unless. The Jets step up and say, hey, they want to reunite David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers. We're going to fully guarantee that first-round draft choice. We're going to give you a second-round draft choice on top of it for the services of David Bakhtiari, whatever. I mean, you would owe him uh, whatever remaining money there is. I don't think you could, uh, to be honest with you. I don't know specifically what the the financial side of things and ramifications would be, but uh, i got to think that if you trade away David Bakhtiari, the signing bonus money and such, would come uh, would come due, but I don't know if you would owe him the restructure money. Because if the restructure money and the signing bonus then come due, um, and because the base salary is only one point two, which I don't know what the Packers would be responsible for and what David be, or what the, the Jets would be, because you don't have. Because uh, his total salary, his, his cap hit this year for, for salary money-wise would be 21.289. So I don't know how much of that money would be still for the Green Bay Packers. i got to assume that a majority of that would go to the Jets. But I, I know sometimes your signing bonus things come due. So you actually would save money if it's just the signing bonus side of things that are paid, that's paid by the Packers. Uh, the Jets would be on the hook then for, what, $15 million? And the signing bonus would be $6 million that the Packers, so they would actually, in essence, gain $15 million uh, for this season if, indeed, that's the direction they decided to go. But, again, I, I we're getting far in the weeds because I, I honestly think that that's not even something that I, – I, I believe that is what you and I would be as far as the, the swirl of what if, but that is not something going on behind the scenes, i got to assume. Uh, between the Jets and the Packers. There is absolutely zero rumor out there that this is something that's taken place between Brian Gutekunst and the uh, the New York Jets. So I, I, I just I don't think that's there. So just so we're clear, I, I don't think there's any there there and all of that. Um, the... Uh, I'm trying to think here what else. Well, we can ask Mike Clements about David Bakhtiari and if there's anything yeah. swirling at Packers practice. Mike called in just for a quick update if we can chat with him here for just a few. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to let's go to Mike up in Green Bay who is uh, there at the joint practice between the uh, the Patriots and the Packers. Michael, how you doing, pal? I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there's all that NFL national experts met big quotes in the spring like, well, I Hey, why stop there? Why not just trade David Bakhtiari to New York and get some more stuff for him? And maybe Bakhtiari, you know, one of his best friends wants to join the, you know, New York Jets East or New York Packers East, whatever the hell right. LaFleur called him. The, the last time we talked to Bakhtiari, he pretty much seemed dead set committed. That was him and Elton Jenkins on the left side of the line of the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love of this season. And then we see what happens after that. So he really, he was really selling, at least from the player's standpoint, I, he's not interested in, in going to New York. 
Uh, so we'll see. In the meantime, you know, you start seeing Bakhtiari being saved so much, missing back-to-back practices. You wonder, is that just because they're trying to get him on the field for 17 games and he's having the same problems with the knee that he gave in detail a couple of years ago, you know, drainage, things like that. Uh, And then you see weird things happen in the Bengals game, like suddenly John Runyon, you know, like a lockdown like guard, taking a lot of snaps, not just a few, a lot of snaps in the game against the Bengals. And suddenly we kind of like Rasheed Walker here all of a sudden. Like, man, maybe we could put Josh Nyman at left tackle and we could put Rasheed. But you know what? Maybe that's also just planning for worst-case scenario that Bakhtiari, you know, can't perform. And I got to think that, you know, Joe Douglas and the Jets, I got to be leery about Bakhtiari when they see that, you know, the guy can't practice every day in camp because of his history with that knee. I don't know. That would be a tough sell on part of the Jets front office, right? You would assume, Mike, let me ask you this, and just you've seen him up close and personal more than anybody. Does Bakhtiari look hurt, or is it just that they are just legitimately taking it easy on a guy that went through almost two years' worth of just stress and strife just to be able to come back and play football? No, it just looks like like it's been for the last year and a half. Like, uh, you know, they're just being careful. And, you know, if he's wearing that thing, sleeve on his left leg, you, you can't really take a look at the knee and see if it's swollen or or whatever the problems he's had, that's what I imagine is happening. That it's, it's all about the life of inflammation in cold tubs. And, you know, if you're out there for uh, a couple of days and uh, trying to hold off Preston Smith or something like that on your own defense, um, you got arrested for a couple of days after that. So, I, you know, he's 31 years old. And as I say, I... No, but but you know what the hell? Aaron Rodgers says he was going to finish the backer too. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, who the hell thought he was going to be with the Jets a year from today? So anyway, we got joint practice going on, and uh, the Patriots are here. There's a huge crowd. The weather is just perfect for it. A little bit of a breeze, and I went and watched uh, first team defense. I've been watching so much of offense this camp to see how things are going to sort out on the offensive line with the wide receivers. And the first play, wait a minute, what did I miss? Oh, that's defense out there gets the first team ones, and they just batted down another pass. Um, I went and watched the, the Patriots' first team offense and watching Mac Jones there. And first play, nice uh, completion to Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, but, and then try to get to Devontae Parker. After that, though, man, Rasul Douglas – and uh, Carrington Valentine was out there at the other corner. Jair dressed, and he warmed up, but he's been pretty much standing on the sidelines with a, a slight groin strain he suffered last week Wednesday in the joint practice. But they are giving this number 37, Carrington Valentine, all kinds of opportunities now, especially after another pick six in practice on Monday. And so the Packers' first team defense shut down the Patriots. You know, the Patriots look really flat in their preseason game against the Houston Texans. And uh, and Devondre Campbell, linebacker, uh, not at practice today. He's got some sort of an ankle injury. But that's really been the story so far, how good the Packers' defense has looked out here today. 
Um, Mike, uh, you know, these joint practices and such, do they really go as full on out after it as Matt LaFleur would like to make it to, you know, sound? Because he keeps taking these uh, these joint practices and equating them, equating them to game conditions. When you're going against your own team in training camp 2023, they call it SUD. First time I heard somebody say that was Mike Sherman, you know, 20 years ago. And it's 75 percent. It's if you're a linebacker and a running back comes out and it's your teammate, you know, but you, you give them a shoulder, you pop them, you, you wrap up, you show that, hey, I did everything but complete the tackle. I could have killed this guy. I could have wrapped up. I could have knocked him out. But I'm in position. I wrap up. I touch him. I, I, I give him a thud, and that's a little bump. But just a few minutes ago, first team Packers offense is out there. Jordan Love hands off to, uh, to Dylan. And A.J. Dillon goes running up the middle, and, man, one of these linebackers just punched it out. And he got very physical, but uh, they put the ball on the ground. The Packers put the ball on the ground. So that's what they're looking for is just shy of tackling to the ground. And occasionally guys get, do get tackled to the ground, but you're not, you're not crushing guys, but you're clearly showing you're wrapped up, your tackles, stop the play, uh, blow the whistles. So it's, it's just a little more physical than if, if we were just Packers on Packers out here. Uh, anything else we need to be uh, aware of, Mike, as uh, you sit there uh, probably in your own hoodie? <laughs> yeah, you know, Belichick, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, the Patriots are trying a whole new level of arrogance. <laughs> Even though these guys, I mean, they didn't make it to the playoffs. They're third place in the division last year between the Bills and then the Dolphins. And then they were, I think, 8-9 and nine, and the Jets in the in the cellar. Um you know, it's Bill Belichick, and so they've got these people telling you what you can't do, and you can't do this, and you can't shoot that. And Oh, no, you can do that. Sure, that's fine. And then Belichick comes out, and there's maybe 75, 80 reporters around today, and uh, it was hard to get sound. I saw some TV people that had to take a knee and hold the microphones up, and he's out standing up there mumbling, and you just kind of roll your eyes. And, you know, Greg Bedard, you remember Greg Bedard, right? Right, right. You have him on the show now a Boston uh, reporter. He just says, you know, it's, it's like this way every day. But he says, you know what, Belichick, they, he's got a one-on-one relationship with some of the beat guys, those reporters. They'll come around and talk to you on the sideline and, and kind of tell you what you need to know. Uh, but he's out, you know, when you see him, and he's 71 years old now. I think that he must be the oldest uh, active head coach in the NFL right now. And um, you just wonder how much more – is in his tank to do this uh, after sustaining such excellence for so many years. Um, other than that, um, you know, more rotations going on here with the Packers. Um, you know, Shamar John Charles is a draft pick that's been injured, a defensive back for the Packers. Now he's healthy, and so they're getting him a good look because, like I say, that Valentine kid is pushing a lot of people. Um, and, uh, you know, the Jordan Love story continues to pretty much be the same. Strong arm. Runs the offense, just can't quite connect. You know, Jaden Reed looked like he was open, got pushed by a, a defensive back, and which should have been a touchdown, ended up being out of bounds. So the Packers still that first-team offense, you know, uh, close, but no cigar. Mike, uh, real quick, update on uh, Eric Stokes. I know there was a question. He's not ready to come back and practice yet today, but what have you seen out of him? Just working out up and down the sideline, present, you know, uh, uh, 
running some, but not, you know, full speed. Uh, I don't, you know, at the start of camp, LaFleur just referred to that I don't see many times. Soon. So that, that'll probably be in season before they can incorporate him. Uh, but the good news is, so far, except for Jair with his uh, mild groin thing, um, they've been pretty healthy in their defensive back. So, um, I don't know. I watched the Bears uh, preseason game. I, uh, I, I, I have better hopes for this Packers team uh, in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things they've got that are weapons. Uh, hey, they just handed off the ball to Musgrave, Luke Musgrave. I mean, they, they want that ball to get in 88's hands because he's so big and so fast at 6'6". Now they can find a way to just hand off the ball to him. If they can't complete right. a pass to him over the middle, uh, so they, there's there's three or four guys, Bill. The Jordan Love's got to be just can get the ball in their hands. Look out, look out! They're going to drive defenses crazy that way. Yeah, and, and you just special teams. Special teams is you know the Anderson uh, Anders Carlson thing misses the PAT Monday inside the Hudson Center uh, after two missed PATs against the Bengals and showing the late but not the accuracy. And he was talking to Bedard. He goes, you know, that's that's Belichick, though. I mean, look at these old guys. He's still got, like, Jabril Peppers and Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae. And then he's got Nick Foles there as a, one of the place kickers. He's 38 years old. Nick Folk, 38 years old <laughs> kicker. Yeah. Why? Because he's accurate. He's accurate. Right. Well, I mean, look how long Vinatieri held on. He was exactly. in his mid-40s. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you know, they've got another kicker on the roster. So I don't know if that's a competition or not. Um, what's his? Uh, um, I, I, I saw another guy that was warming up with them. Uh, so they've got two kickers, Chad Ryland. So I don't even know if that's a competition or if they do a thing where, like, look, we expect folks to make the field goals. We expect the other guy to handle the kickoffs. Mike, great stuff as always. Uh, keep us up to date. If anything happens, let us know. And then hopefully uh, Jordan Love sooner rather than later starts connecting downfield with Christian Watson and company because they, that, that you, you at least have to do that on a continuum to be able to say we've got a deep threat. Otherwise, it's it's going to become a moot point. Yeah. I mean, um, you've got to think at some point the, literally the chemistry will click. Something yeah. something will happen. The, the, the strength is there. The arm is there. Uh, but you're kind of wondering why the accuracy is not picking up a little bit. My hat just blew off. It's windy here. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, bud, you be good. Hold on to your head. Uh, thank God you're not wearing a wig, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> That's next. Talk to you later, Bill. There you go, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. That is uh, our own. Mike Clemens joining us uh, up in Green Bay, live at the Packers and the Patriots joint practice at the Ray Nitschke Field. And uh, great, uh, great stuff from Mike. So uh, there you go. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program uh, brought to you by our good friends over there at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, they are one of the prize packages, by the way, for those that get pre-registered for the motorcycle ride. And uh, if you want to uh, check them out, you can go to the Four Seasons uh, com, the Four Seasons Wisconsin dot com. Uh, better yet, I just say, hey, look, if you're looking for a weekend getaway and it's still beautiful, you can take your ATV, your UTV, you can go a little fishing, do a little golfing, whatever it happens to be. Just lay by the pool indoors, whatever. Take it easy. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort. Call our girl Barb B A R B seven one five nine three eight fifty one ten seven one five nine three eight. 
715-938-5110. Again, 715-938-5110. Use the promo code Michaels15. Tell them you heard it right here, and you get 15% off of your stay. Again, call Barb, 715-938-5110. Beautiful resort right on the, uh, the the island in the middle, middle of the Muscano River up in Pembine, Wisconsin. The Northwoods, beautiful up there. Give her a call. Tell her, uh, you know, you heard it here and get 15% off. We have more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends at Bozard Billy's, uh, Buzzer Billy's out on Pearl Street in La Crosse, the Starline Lounge as well. And uh, I'm going to be heading out there for uh, Oktoberfest, which I'm looking forward to out into La Crosse. And uh, one of the things I always do, uh, you know, go to go in and vibe a little bit uh, down at the Oktoberfest grounds. But then Buzzer Billy's, eat, grub down, electric chair, head upstairs couple of good cocktails and oh yeah the starlight lounge is home so can't wait can't wait to see heather can't wait to see david rob carmen everybody out there at buzzer billy's starlight lounge out on the cross and highly highly recommend that you do the same when you're out there and if you live out there you know what i'm talking about it's right there in your own backyard really good stuff that's buzzer billy's and the starlight lounge i want to deviate away from uh, the packers coverage and such uh here for just a minute and i don't know if grant you've done any of this have you followed now, we all know Michael Orr, uh, an all-pro offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens in the National Football League. But we all know the story called The Blind Side and the movie with Sandra Bullock, which uh, came out and, and really dramatized uh, this family, the Tuies, taking uh, Michael Orr in, kind of treating him as, quote, one of their own, uh, calling them their, you know, his kid, their kid. Uh, but have you, have you seen, have you followed the, the lawsuit that has now gone on? I saw the story of Michael Orr basically saying the movie was a lie and it was crap, which I think there had been suspicions of for a long time. The movie, I think we all assumed, kind of dramatized it in a, yes. in a very happy-go-lucky, very everyone-wins way. That probably wasn't the way that it was. But um, I watched the movie a long time ago, and it's not a story or something that I've thought about in so long. So to now go back and think about the movie again and to think about the story again, I- I've just seen a lot of comments and a lot of details this week that are kind of sad. It is, uh, for those that don't know, <coughs> excuse me, Michael Orr uh, filed a lawsuit against the Tuies, uh, the family that took him in. Um, there has been speculation for years. Now, in the movie, they make Michael Orr look as this uh, giant, naive kid who had an athletic ability and began playing football, and they encouraged him, and they, they worked with him, and then they, because he had turned 18 during his senior year, they couldn't legally, uh, they couldn't adopt him because he was 18, so they opened a conservatorship, which gave them power, kind of power of attorney, and, and then they ended up sending him to Ole Miss, where he became a star at Ole Miss, uh, but which was also, by the way, their alma mater, and he goes on to Ole Miss, then ends up in the NFL, and, and the rest is history. Um where Michael Orr has always said, look, I wasn't some bumbling idiot. I was already enrolled in private school when they discovered me. I was sleeping because of his home life. He was sleeping on friends' couches and stuff like that. So he wasn't like he was homeless, sleeping on the streets. But 
they discovered this kid. And regardless, this relationship was struck up, and the Tuohys took him into their home and and such. Well, Michael Orr is now saying that, hey, out of the movie, first of all, he didn't like the portrayal of him in the movie as this big, giant Neanderthal who had some ability that really Leanne Tuohy coached him up and ended up making him great because he was already pretty solid and a star athlete when they became friends. And he didn't like that portrayal. And then because of this conservatorship, Michael Lord has said, I didn't get paid a dime for the movie, not one dime. The deal was struck between the movie company, which I can't remember who it was, Warner Brothers or Paramount or something, and the Tuohys. All of them have been paid, but he has not been paid. And so he is suing the Tuohys. The Tuohys have said that everybody got paid. And Mr. Tui said that everybody got paid, and it was a minimal amount of money of like $14,000 a piece. While the Tui kids have already done some interviews that have said, no, we got $67,000, $70,000, and we still do because of royalties. So even the Tuohys, whether inadvertently or unknowingly, kind of let out different information, uh, which has been interesting. It's all been filed in Shelby County, Tennessee. Um and Michael Orr says that the Tuohys have mid-let, misled him for decades. Now, remember, the entire Tui family was with Michael Orr on stage when he was drafted. He never looks really that happy, but the Tuohys all look thrilled. I don't know if you've ever seen you know, the pictures of that draft day because it's now become an issue, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, the lawsuit alleges that uh, the family entered into a deal with 20th Century Fox. That's what it is. Uh, to pay them and their two birth children $225,000 each plus 2.5% of the actual film defined as net proceeds. Well, the movie grossed over $300 million. So they believe, you know, or believes that they're still being paid. Uh, they say the, quote, lie of Michael's adoption is one upon which the co-conservators, Leanne Tui and Sean Tui, have enriched themselves at the expense of Michael Orr, according to the lawsuit. And the family uh, really has not responded in court, but uh, they were talking to the newspaper saying that, uh, you know, they couldn't adopt him because he actually turned 18 the summer before senior year. So the conservatorship was really the only way to play at, Ole Miss under the NCAA rules and other colleges eligibilities um, was part of the plot in the movie and all that kind of stuff. And, and they, they made the NCAA look like bad guys in this, like they were just trying to be mean to keep him out of school. When in reality, the NCAA might've been right saying what's going on here. It seems like you people are gearing this guy, guiding this guy to your alma mater. You discovered this kid, this unbelievable player, and all you have done now is, in you know, in today's day and age, he's in the portal. And he's making millions. But back then, you couldn't do that. So they, in essence, took him in, gave him a home. They couldn't adopt him, so they got this conservatorship going. And then they pushed him to Old Miss, where he, Old Miss, where he became a star. And so anyway, uh, but Sean Tui said that uh, everybody in the family was paid $14,000 per person, including Michael Orr. In a Barstool Radio interview, S.J., Sean Tui Jr., uh, told Barstool uh, Sports Radio that he was paid sixty to $70,000 in royalties 
and still is being paid over the years. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's just kind of ugly. Uh, that movie left a really good feeling in a lot of people's hearts, you know, and now it's just being all blown to hell because it looks like there's, you know, Michael Orr feels like he was deceived and lied to by this family. This family's like, they can't believe that this guy that they took in is suddenly turning on them. Um, and they feel that they did the right thing and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, if you haven't, followed the movie the blind side you may want to go back and watch it and then kind of read about what's going on now as you fast forward and think to yourself okay what liberties did did hollywood take what is real life and where is this all going to end up because it's it's just incredibly interesting because on one hand you've got a tremendous story for a family that cared enough didn't care about the color of this kid's skin brought him into their home and said look you can be one of ours we just want to take care of you and we have the means to do that. And on the other hand, he's like, no, they saw me as a star athlete in dollar signs, so they did nothing but just basically pimp me out, pimp me to Old Miss. They got uh, back in with their alma mater, and then they made a movie about it, and they're getting paid off of me as well, and they're not giving me a damn dime. So somewhere in the middle of the truth lies, but, man, what a mess. What an ugly mess that's going on right now between the Tuohys and Michael Orr. So anyway... Uh, but uh, if you haven't followed it, uh, read up on it. It's It's been rather interesting. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Lakeview Boulevard and Pewaukee Lake, home of the Pig Porker Sandwich. They have great food. TV's everywhere, and I, I have been over there numerous times where you just sit outside in that upper deck. I get the chef salad over there, too, because they got a tremendous chef salad. But sit outside in that, that upstairs deck, watch the boats go by, smoke a cigar, have the salad. You look through the window, you watch some TV, you watch some of the sports on the tube. Good to go. Great place. Fun place. Tell Ryan and the gang we said. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. right now they are hiring you can click on careers at the bottom of their webpage. go to kemp's k-e-m-p-s kemp's.com that is kemp's.com and click on careers at the bottom of the page they're hiring and they're paying on signing bonuses 23 dollars plus an hour they are uh, looking for uh, cdl drivers uh, to pay even more they're looking for uh, production people, they're looking for maintenance engineers, all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for a job, Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Bottom of the page, it's careers. They're based right here in uh, Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Uh, so if you're looking for where they're at in conjunction with where you live, uh, that's where they're at. So uh, go to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. They've been in your dairy aisle for in just about every grocery store in the state of Wisconsin for a long, long time. That's since 1914. They've been around. And uh, been through a lot of change, and they're looking for good people to continue to grow with them. So go to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Click on the word careers at the bottom of the page, and uh, they are interviewing now. So if you're looking for a job, uh, get with them. Get with our friends over there at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's. 
Com. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Brandon listening to us in Menominee. Brandon, how you doing today? What's going on, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Love the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Doing great. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, I didn't want to change the subject right away on you, but uh, the whole Michael Orr situation is obviously terrible, and I don't have too much to add on that because I wasn't there. I don't know anything too much about it right. other than what I've read. But uh, – you know, stories like that don't come out of nowhere. But there is right. some degree of truth of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. I, um, I, and again, he was portrayed differently in the movie than he actually felt he is and such. So I, I'm, I, I don't know the depth. I agree with you. And boy, I tell you what, if this thing does go to court and suddenly we start hearing testimony, it could get really ugly from there on out. I hope that doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, best wishes right. to him. Um, the re the real reason I called, it took me a little bit to get in. I wanted to touch on what uh, you were – I'm sorry to re rehash this, but uh, you were talking about the Jets' offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, how woeful they were, and I don't think Well, that's did. according to Robert uh, Sala. That's according to Robert Sala when he went after them yesterday, if you saw. And apparently that's one of the things on Hard Knocks. I have not seen it yet, but he really went after the offensive line. Well, there's a lot to be desired there, and that's totally true. I think I just want to play devil's advocate for a second and say that I think, you know, Brees Hall averaged 5.8 yards a carry last year. That right. is nothing to shake your head at. And I've lived in Wisconsin my entire life. I'm not a Packer fan, but I've watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers. And what he has impressed me the most is what he does before the snap, whether that's reading the mic back, the blitz, the, just the in defense in its entirety, uh, whether it's a hard count, audible. What he does before the snap, I think, is going to make that offensive line better, regardless of their actual worth in a, in a better, in better words. Yeah. But, um, you can you can take uh, your, your comments off the air. I thank you very much for talking to me. No, I appreciate it. I, I uh, first of all, let me say this: I completely agree with you uh, when it comes to uh, what Rogers can do with knowledge. Okay, when you when you get to the line of scrimmage, there's no no doubt about that. Um, when you when you look at what he is capable of. Block, you know, understanding blocking schemes and knowing how to set his team up for success, his offensive unit up for success, by where the pressures are coming and recognition and such. Ab absolutely, 100%. But we have also seen, go back to the San Francisco game and the playoff game at Lambeau Field, that if your offensive line is not stellar, that it can become an issue. Uh, very much so. So... Um, I, I look at things in the light of when the offensive line allows pressure, there is a ripple effect because you then want you, you, your quarterback is forced to make decisions quicker. They are forced to react quicker. They are forced to deliver the ball quicker. Sometimes it's a matter where you don't get guys open in time. Uh, because you are waiting, you know. Um, so 
um, and one of the things that you can look at is, you, you know, like last year, you know, what was it, Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, two of the most sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League. Both of those guys, I think they had 55 sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it wasn't like the Jets were awful at protecting the quarterback, but they, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers had 32, he was sacked 32 times last year. 32 times. So uh, if you start to go through the list and look where the quarterbacks were sacked when it comes to the New York Jets, uh, Joe Flacco, Mike White, uh, if you combine between the two, um, they were they were sacked 19 times. But the Jets also went through numerous quarterbacks. Zach Wilson was sacked 23 times. So you start to add it up as you start to look at what was done via the New York Jets and the pressure that was put on quarterbacks and the fact that, you know, they got all their quarterbacks pretty much banged up. Yeah, the offensive line can become a concern. Um, you you know, sometimes you get a running back who picks up quite a few yards and, and you know, carries the ball pretty well. It And all he needs is just a seam. Just give me a gap through it. And sometimes offensive lines are better at run blocking than pass blocking. Pass blocking, though, is where it's at in the National Football League because we know it's a passer's game. So... Going to, to say they were awful, they weren't awful. But it is considered to be one of the weaknesses of an otherwise strong team, if that makes sense. It's considered to be a weakness of an otherwise strong team. And Dwayne Brown, uh, who's on the pup list right now, is their big left tackle. So he's on the pup list. They're already starting off a little bit shorthanded, so to speak. There's Billy Turner who we're all familiar with. He was a former Green Bay Packer. He's a guy, but Billy Turner's not left tackle, but he, he's been filling in at left tackle. They have Max Mitchell, who's more of a right tackle. They tried to flip-flop him. They tried to move guys around. There's Vera Tucker. He's more of a guard than he has a tackle. So they could use a left tackle, no doubt about it, to anchor that offensive line. And that's the reason there's all the talk and conjecture when it comes to the uh, New York Jets and their offensive line. And right now it's it's in an otherwise strong team. You look defensively speaking, led by Quinn and Williams up front, the big nose tackle, and what they have on the, that side of the line and putting pressure on quarterbacks and such, and their defense is really stout and strong. You look at the offense, and probably the weakest p- part of their offense now is the offensive line, specifically right now the way things are because uh, of uh, – of, uh, uh, what's his uh, Dwayne Brown being on the pup list? That that's their weakest position, and that's the reason we talk a lot about the offensive line and the possibility of trades and such. But I'll say this again: there is nothing out there of any concrete that says the Packers and the Jets are in any discussions for David Bakhtiari. It is all simply media swirl conjecture BS. It's just crap. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more to get to. A lot more to get to. Hang in there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. And uh, as I had said earlier today, I'm heading outside tonight. Patio, resting, relaxing, little grub down. Going to be sitting at the uh, the patio set, the patio table, the patio chairs that I bought from Master Z's. Love that place on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. And we're coming to the end of the season, so they have got some great deals going on right now. If you are looking for unbelievable quality, if you are looking for huge selection, one of the biggest warehouses, if not the big warehouse, uh, and showroom in the state of Wisconsin. It's Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Call them, 262-746-5931. 262-746-5931. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got 
Good to have you. Pull in your pocket. Big supporters of the motorcycle ride. That's our friends over there at uh, Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. And also uh, Joe and Ellen Hennison, the gang over at Smoke on the Water as well. Big supporters of ours. We can't say thanks enough to them for the motorcycle ride, supporting the veterans, military members, and their families for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So if you are looking for a terrific company, a terrific restaurant, bar, whatever, that uh, does a lot of good things community-wise, that is the gang over at uh, Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. So if you're out in either place, whether it's in Hubertus or in Okachi, uh, in those areas, please stop by and support them because they're so, so good at supporting us as well. Coming up in the next hour, looking forward to some buy or sell. Got that coming up. Also uh, coming up in the next hour, going to hear uh, from Belichick, Coach Belichick. Uh, going to hear some of the stuff that he had to say, uh, getting ready for the uh, joint practices today. So we got that coming up. And also, uh, what else do we have? Um, Mike Clemens has been doing yeoman's work. So he had a, I wanted to see, because we had a couple of guys that he had talked to. Oh, I know what he wanted, uh, what, what I wanted to do. Um, he had also uh, had talked to uh, Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage Jr., Christian Watson. So we're going to hear from those guys coming up here shortly as well. So stay tuned for that. So I just had to go back and check my notes real quick. Uh, 877-867-1670. But uh, don't forget, uh, buy or sell coming up here in just a little bit. Chris says, uh, hey, Bill, great discussion regarding the blind side. I always thought it was Hollywood's BS when it came to that movie. Sandra Bullock was just too likable. Uh, he said, uh, you never can believe what it comes out of Hollywood. Well, let me say this. It's not a documentary. It's a movie. It's either based on a true story or inspired by a true story. But it's a movie. <laughs> I've never taken a movie that Hollywood put out and said, oh, there you go. That's exactly what happened. We don't know. So I, I understand that. Uh, he also says it's a shame that uh, what was such a terrific family dynamic or seemingly was has been blown apart over simply money. Money's the root of all evil, isn't it? Uh, he then also asks, uh, he said, what do you think is actually going to happen with the Big Ten and the SEC? Are they going to be the only two conferences left standing after the money grab is done? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last night, as a matter of fact. It, you, between the SEC and the Big Ten, the... They're just going to be the powerhouses. You, you maybe need to get a team or something out of the a, a, ACC and, you know, like the Pac-12, Pac Pac-10, whatever. It's pretty much gone. Uh, the Big 12, once Oklahoma and Texas left, you know, they're trying to kind of reestablish themselves, but those were the two anchor schools. They left for the money. Um, I College football is going to be and look drastically different in five years. And quite honestly, I don't think it's for the better. I really don't. The, how do I put this? The speculation and conjecture over the best teams in the country then playing in a kind of a playoff situation to determine the, the ultimate winner, I think even that is going to be unbelievably skewed. It, it, I, 
I I don't like the direction it's going. I and and it used to be when it came to college athletics, you you know you kind of kept the money on the down low. It was all about the kids and the education. And you know now if you say you know student athlete or education, you're an you're an outright effing liar. It is all about the money. It, they are professional athletes now. It is all about the money. Whether you're making twenty bucks, or two million bucks, or twelve million bucks, it is all about the money. That's it. And I, it's basically become a semi-pro feeder system to the NFL. And I, I, I don't know what quote college athletics are going to be in five years. I know that a lot of what you and I grew up on, and even you know, hey, if you're if you were born after 2000, even a lot of the rivalries and stuff that you still understood and believed, I mean, and some of the even, even the traditions they tried to hang on to, they're, they're pretty much gone. You're still going to have the Iron Bowl, the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe, Ohio State, Michigan. You're still going to have some of that, old oak and bucket. But, uh, you know, like the Big Ten is considering their own bowl games. And just eliminating NCAA and other, it's like, why have other sponsors and other entities make money? We're just going to take the money. We'll get our own sponsors and make our own money. I mean, it's it's an all-out cash grab. And I, I'm, I for one, I, you know, I, look, I'm all about change. I understand things have to get better. But I don't, this is the Pandora's box, not, did not, it didn't, Pandora's box didn't open and give you a little bit of light. It just blew the lid off. And you're not going to ever put the S back in horse, man. I'll tell you that right now. So I don't know what it's going to look like. And I think part of me doesn't want to know what it's going to look like. Because I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Uh, we got another hour yet to go. Uh, we're approaching the 1 p.m. hour, which I can't, uh, can't believe it. This show today has flown by, just absolutely flown by. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are going to get back into uh, some buy or sell and any other questions you have possibly may have. You're going to hear from inside the Packers locker room. Also today, stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show right around the corner. This portion of the program, uh, we got a lot of great sponsors and a lot of good people all helping us out with the motorcycle ride. And uh, we can't say thanks enough to everyone. We, we are we're getting down to it though. Getting down to it. We are less than three weeks away, so now it's time. Get signed up. Get pre-registered if you haven't already. Please, we need you. We need you. Need you. We're behind this year. If you've been thinking about it, you got friends, you know you're going, but you haven't signed up, now's the time to do it. Scan the QR code on the uh, screen right now. You can get there. Otherwise, just simply go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Man, we need you. Help our veterans, help our military members, and help our families. And 